My name is Will Holdren, host of your Willpower Podcast, and today we have a very special guest. We have a senior pastor at Amplified Church, Jason Howard. So, Mr. Howard, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, sure. It's such an honor to be here, and hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Pleasure is mine. So, to start off, I like to ask my guests all the same question. What motivates you to get out of bed every day to do what you do? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that, you know, I've had a sense of calling and purpose, you know, and over the years, I've probably discovered what that is more and more and more. Um, But I think that, you know, from the moment that I started really having an authentic encounter with God, along with that came this sense of I'm here for a reason, Mm -hmm. and I've got a purpose to fulfill. And even though I don't always know exactly what that means, I still have a reason to get up out of bed every day and move towards what God says is possible for my life. Yeah, and I think the fact that you are a pastor and you found that calling in your life is impressive. And you took that leap of faith and you did become a pastor, so that's awesome. And I know that a lot of people like me, like we don't really know what our calling is. So I'm just yeah. wondering, like, how did you know that you were being called to be a pastor? <laughs> I, I didn't. Part of it, like, so when I was younger, like, say when I was in high school and stuff, that's when I really had this encounter with God that I knew was it was the realest thing I'd ever experienced, you know. And it was love, and it was everything I could ever want and more. And so my reaction to that was, God, like, my life is yours. Like, what? Like, I'm not gonna do a better job running my life than you are. So, like, do whatever you want. And I just started, you know, having open hands and saying, all right, God, I'm here to serve you. And so that's led me down a path that was really unexpected because I never thought in a million years that I would be a pastor or a preacher. Yeah. Like that was never part of it. When I was in high school, I was really into music. And so the first thing I started doing was, you know, playing music and being a part of the music team at church and stuff. Um, okay. yeah. And so then I kept going down that path and did more and more of that, started serving, kept serving, kept serving more. And then finally, I, I mean, like just more opportunities were put in front of me, like, Hey, why don't you preach? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how to preach. Yeah. But my pastor was like, no, you should preach. It's in you. Um, wow. and then giving more opportunities to lead more and more things until finally, here I am, you know, I was given this opportunity to be the senior pastor of a church, which really wasn't my dream. It was just a product of being faithful to serve. Okay. So, so God just didn't come down with a like loud thunderous voice and said, Jason, be a pastor at the Amplified Church. (laughs) Absolutely not. No. And I don't, I don't know that he ever does that because he doesn't want robots. You know, he wants relationship. 
Yeah. And so I don't know that he ever really does. I mean, maybe, maybe somebody somewhere has had that kind of, uh, you know, encounter with God. I'm not saying he can't. And there have been times where I feel like God's given me some specific direction about certain instances, but it was really just, God, I'm going to serve you. And whatever opportunities you open up for me to serve you, I'm just going to walk through them. Yeah. Okay. And that's led me to where I am today. Okay. Now, I know that a lot of high schoolers like myself, we don't know our purpose yet, and you did find your calling, and that's awesome, but how can people like me and other young teenagers and high schoolers find their purpose in life? Well, I think that it's it's a few things. I think that first, it's about leveraging the strengths that you have and not being not freaking out about the strengths that you don't have. Okay. So you have certain things that you're good at. You have certain things that you like doing, that you're passionate about doing, and you should use those things. And, you know, for me, it was about using those things to serve God and make a difference for his purposes. And I think then the second side of it is, you know, the first side of it is, is do what you're good at, do what you're passionate about, and that will start you down a path towards your calling and purpose. But I think that the second part of it is be faithful and consistent. And, and I think that that's, a, that's something that a lot of people really lose sight of, that your purpose is going to be something that ultimately is a product of your willingness to serve when you don't want to serve okay. and be faithful when you don't want to be faithful and walk through opportunities that are presented to you that maybe aren't necessarily you know, something that you feel like is your dream come true. But because an opportunity opens up for you, you walk through it and you do a good job in whatever that opportunity is. All of those things lead towards walking out your purpose. And and you said that I found my purpose. And I don't know that I would say that actually. <laughs> I feel like I know what I'm here to do today, but I've got dreams for the future that are bigger than where I am today. Yeah. And I'm trusting, I'm trusting God to take me there. You know, so I think that walking in your purpose is not something that you ever arrive at. It's something that you're constantly in pursuit of. But if you have a heart to serve God and if you're faithful with where you are and if you leverage your strengths, you'll walk in that for sure. Okay, so you just got to believe in what your strengths are and just follow through with them. Because in the end, I mean, God did give you those strengths, so he knows what you were meant to do. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so I know being a pastor can be kind of a, a difficult occupation for sure. But um, when you were deciding to become a pastor, did you ever have some backlash from other people like making fun of you and stuff? Well, I think that, that probably when I started getting serious about my relationship with God when I was when I was a teenager, yeah. there were definitely people who did not understand that, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, I, and you know, to be honest with you, I have I have such a real experience with with like the the presence of God that it didn't really matter what anyone else said because I knew that it was real and true, you know? Yeah. But I do think that like being a leader and you know so I've been a leader um in church for uh, like a long time now. Um you know even in in a lot of different ways even before I became the senior pastor. But I think that in leadership you always have people who disagree with you. Yeah. And sometimes when you are a leader, you have to have the audacity and the guts to say, I've got people who do not think that this is the right thing to do, but I really know that it's the right thing to do, so I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And that t- 
take some character. And to be honest with you, I wasn't very good at that because I like to keep everybody happy. And I had to learn over the years that I've got to be true to my convictions and true to what I believe the right thing to do is, even if not everybody agrees with me. Yeah. And I think that's awesome because I, for me, like, I know that I'll, I'll, I'll never take criticism from someone that I wouldn't take advice from. Because okay. pe- there's always those kind of people out there that are just there to, like, shut you down and stuff like that. Yeah. And sure. no matter what your occupation is, like there, there's going to be people that aren't going to agree with you. Yeah. But I mean, you just got to have faith in God and know that he, what he's doing is right. So um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So how can people have more confidence in themselves and in God? Yeah, that's really good. Um, you know, it says in Proverbs that the righteous are bold as lions okay. and confidence, you know, Confidence comes from knowing who God says that you are, you know, and righteousness is an identity statement about who we are because of what Jesus did for us. And so you've got to know who you are. You've got to, you've got to know not who you think you are, but who God says that you are. And God says that you are his chosen, that you are worth him laying down his life for. You've got to know that you are unconditionally, radically, extravagantly loved, and that love does not come and go based on what you do or how good you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you know what he says that you are and how much he loves you, it gives you confidence because you're not always going to be confident in every decision that you make because there are a lot of decisions that I make that I'm like 51% sure that this is the right decision, (laughs) you know? Yeah. But, but I think that it's, it's necessary to say, but I know who I am and I know that, you know, my heart is to serve God. And so as long as I keep walking out that path, God's going to take care of me no matter what. And he's going to make sure that I don't fall, you know? Um, and so I think confidence really just comes from knowing who God says that you are. Okay. Yeah. So just got to have faith in God and just develop that confidence over time. And it does take time. Like you're not just going to get it instantly. Obviously. Yeah. Well, I think, I think confidence, I think you can build your confidence by making decisions that you're unsure about, but making the decision anyway. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think that sometimes you have to act in defiance to your own doubts. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Like putting yourself in difficult situations that make you think about God and about what he would do in the situation. Um, yeah, or like you're gonna find those situations no matter what. Yeah. But I think that when you're in those situations, it's just okay. But I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make the right decision even though I'm nervous about the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know a lot of people like in my church and people around me that say they're Christians and stuff. Like they just say, "Oh, I believe in God." Now I'm gonna have like a, a fulfilling and successful life because I believe in God. But obviously, you need to have personal growth with God in order to get to that level. So I'm just wondering how can personal growth with God lead to a more fulfilling and successful life? Well, you know, Jesus said that he came to give us life and life to the full or abundant life. Right. Yeah. And, you know, over and over and over again, God, you know, the whole way through the old Testament in, in, in the new Testament as well, you know, God promises to give us success and I know that that might be a, a, a nasty word to some Christians, but yeah. 
all through the Bible, God talks about he wants his people to thrive. He wants his people to flourish. He wants his people to fulfill their destiny. He wants his people to um, live strong, courageous lives that are fulfilled. And and that doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. And that doesn't mean that sometimes you're not going to have to make difficult decisions because of what you believe. But it does mean that God is a good father who has good things in store for his kids. And he wants his kids to be successful and strong and healthy and all of that. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross, so that we could live the fulfilled, abundant life that he always dreamed that we could have. So I think that that 100% of your growth in the kind of life that God has for you comes down to what you believe. And if you believe that God is for you, then you'll act like you've got God on your side. If you believe that God wants you to be successful and strong and healthy and powerful, if you really believe that that's God's intention for you, then you'll start to walk in that. I think that sometimes people are really doubt whether or not God has good intentions for them. I think that people sometimes think, well, maybe God wants to do something good for someone like a pastor, but not for someone like me because I've screwed up too much. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. But that's not the truth. I mean, the, the, Blood of Jesus makes us righteous, and that's true for me, and that's true for anyone who receives it. And so I think that if you believe that God wants to take you forward in his good plan for your life, you'll be more and more confident in that the more that you believe that. Yeah, and I think this goes back to finding your purpose too because if you have a purpose and you follow through with it and you're doing it through God, you're going to experience personal personal growth with it. And also, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and also in my book, I have the three proven properties to be successful, and one of them is being courageous. And I think if you be courageous through God, then like you're going to be able to experience that personal growth. And when you do that, you're going to be able to reach that successful point that you want in the end. Yeah. But um, So my next question is how can people stop expecting to please everyone with everything that they do? And um, I know for me like – a good example of this is the Bible. Like you can't expect to please everyone with everything they do. I mean, even God was unable to please everyone in heaven. I mean, look at Lucifer wasn't pleased with God and he took a third of the angels with him because they were not pleased with God. So, I mean, if people can just relate to that and know that you're not going to please everyone with everything that they do, but what's your take on this? Yeah, I think that that's right. You're not going to please everybody. That's why it's really important to know what you what you believe. Yeah. And to know what you believe, not only about, like, I'm a Christian, but to know what you believe when it comes to what God says about who you are. And know what you believe when it comes to what God's intentions are for you, that he's got good intentions for your life. you got to know what you believe on that front. And when you know what you believe, then it doesn't really matter what someone else says. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if, if they don't agree with you or if they don't like you, like, so what? You're going to get that. But if what you believe is rooted in who God is and what God says, obviously God has a, a more – God's word is more true than someone's opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's huge for people to realize too because they keep on taking these advice from people that don't even care about them in the long run to be honest. Well, and I think that I think that people, you know, a lot of times people don't like it when they see other people stepping out of their comfort zone because it makes yeah. them uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, so when someone steps out to, you know, go sort of pursue a, an audacious dream, there will be people who are like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. 
because you're going to disrupt the status quo and that's going to make everyone feel uncomfortable. And sometimes when you take a step forward to live an excellent life, the people around you who are not making those same sacrifices towards that kind of excellent life are not going to want you to do that because it's going to make them feel bad about the fact that they're not making that same kind of choice. Yeah, and you know? yeah, and also they're seeing God move you in certain ways that they're not being moved right now. And well, right, and that's okay too because everyone's got their own race to run and everyone's got their own unique calling. And my calling yeah. isn't your calling and your calling isn't my calling. Yeah. So run your race. Absolutely. And so with, yeah. with you being a pastor, I mean, I'm sure you see God move people in your life all the time. And for me, to be honest, like it's hard for me to see it, but I know it's happening, but I just wish I could see it clearer. So I'm just wondering, how have you seen God move people in your life? Man, I see it all the time, dude. I, I mean, yeah. even just over the last couple of weeks, just at Amplified Church, like we've had these incredible stories of how God has shown up in people's lives and, and done some miraculous healings Yeah. about how God has spoken things to people that's really shaken them and taken them forward. Um. And I think a lot of it just comes down to, you know, if you have an open heart, God will use that. If you have a heart that says, God, I'm up for whatever. I want you to speak to me. I want you to work in my life. Yeah. God will answer that. God will answer that prayer. And he always responds to people whose hearts are soft. Right. Okay. And I think that, I think that God wants to do miracles in people's lives. Like he wants to do it. I believe that with all of my heart. Yeah. And if you have an open heart, he will, you know, I, I believe that. I think, I think the other part of that is being in an atmosphere of faith. And obviously that's what we're trying to create and amplify. But when you come to amplify, you're around a bunch of people who also believe that God can do miracles. Yeah. And that way of thinking becomes contagious. Yeah. And when you're around people who are that way and who are experiencing God in that way, you know, it, it, it opens you up and, and it positions you in a place where you also can access everything that Jesus has for you. Yeah, I think you brought up another good point with miracles too because I think a lot of people today still expect like bread to fall out of the sky and stuff like that and for water to turn into wine like right in front of them. Like that, that could still happen, but I think that God works miracles like in a different way nowadays. That's just through your life, like getting this job opportunity or meeting new people that lead you to new jobs or something like that. Like miracles happen in all kinds of ways, in my opinion. Well, God, yeah, I mean, I think God, I, I mean, I think God can do super natural, astounding miracles, and, and I, I see Him do that for sure. Yeah. And I also think that every day can be a miracle. Yeah. And you walking out your calling today can be a miraculous thing, especially in the way that you impact other people around you. You know. Yeah. That could be the one thing that, that changes their life forever just by, by you deciding to wake up and walk in your calling. Absolutely. Just by doing this podcast episode, like someone could be extremely helped by this, whoever's listening right. to it. Um, yeah. And, and my prayer <laughs> is that every conversation that I have and everything that I do has the miraculous attached to it. I mean, that's yeah. my prayer. Like, I think of Jesus. He had a conversation with, you know, it's, it's famously called the woman at the well. And he has about a 30-second conversation with this lady. Um, maybe it was a little longer than that, but it was short. And half the conversation was about sort of like this irrelevant theological question that she had that she didn't really even know what she was asking about. But yet in the span, in the span of that like 
brief, brief, brief conversation, this woman went from having a life that was truly and honestly a mess, and she was hiding from all of the other people in the village when Jesus met her. It, it, that conversation that was so short turned her into this powerful, influential woman who was basically responsible for leading her entire village to know who Jesus was. Wow. And it was like in the span of this really short conversation. And I'm like, wait, if Jesus can have like a, a one minute conversation with someone and it utterly and completely change the entire way that they see themselves, then I want to have those kind of conversations with people too, right? Absolutely. I mean, Jesus said the same spirit that rose for, that raised him from the dead is living inside of us. Yeah. So I want every conversation to have that kind of power attached to it. And I believe that God, I believe that God allows that to happen. But again, it comes back to, do I believe that that's what God wants to do through my life today? Because if I believe that, then I'll walk in the power of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't know what's going to happen after that conversation. Like something could just click for that person. And then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you are obviously a leader in your church. So I'm just wondering, like, what book has had the greatest impact on your understanding of leadership? Dude, that's a that's a tough question. I mean, I've read a lot of books, yeah. you know. I think that when it comes down to my leadership, man, that's such a good question. Um, I, I was really, really influenced by a book – it was written. It was written twenty years ago, and it's no longer in print. Um, but it's a book by um, Pastor Bobby Houston. She is um, her and her husband Brian are the senior pastors of Hillsong Church. Okay. And she wrote a book called "Heaven Is in This House," and it was basically her explanation of what she believes that the house of God on the earth can be, and it utterly shaped my entire perspective of what God can do through the local church wow. and through ordinary people who gather. And, um, yeah, it's called heaven is in this house. Heaven is in this and, house. Okay. Yeah. And it's by Bobby Houston. And I'm, I'm hoping and praying that she will, um, do a new edition of it and re-release it. But I mean, like, I think you can find secondhand copies of it and stuff, but yeah. it was, it was a really, it, but it's no longer actually in print. It's a really powerful book. Okay, I'll I'll try to get my hands on it. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously you you're like competitive on Instagram and stuff, like posting all of your messages and that kind of stuff. And for other people that want to start businesses, become leaders themselves, I mean, I think that they need to learn how to do this too because social media is a huge influencer in today's day and age. So how do you separate yourself from like other pastors, and how do you get noticed more often? And I think, isn't that what everyone's trying to do? Get noticed, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think there's a balance there because I think that, you know, I want, I don't ever want to be the kind of person that has the heart that says, put the spotlight on me. Look at me. Pay attention to me. Yeah. Like, I don't want that to be who I am as a human being, right? Right. Um, but at the same time, I also understand that, like, I've got a calling on my life to help lead this generation to know who Jesus is. Yeah. And if I want to impact people's lives, make a difference in people's lives, then I've got to be – I've got to put myself in places where they have the opportunity to hear what I have to say. Yeah. So I think that, first of all, like – it's a it's a it's a it's a game that can destroy the soul trying to get attention and and i just would caution against like 
letting that be your motivation. But if you're really trying to help people and make a difference in the world, then yeah, you do need to leverage tools like social media for sure. Yeah. And I don't know that I ever set out to sort of stand out from other pastors, but what I did set out to do was put out really good, inspiring content that's going to help people. And if, if I put out something that's excellent and if I put out something that's helpful, if I put out something that's inspirational, people will want to see it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's all about having like the right motives and doing it. Like not to just say, look at me, but I have a good oh, motive yeah, in doing it. And then... The motives are essential or else it will kill your soul. You know? Like, yeah. 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 But then... I think that the other piece of it is excellence. Like let's do it with excellence. Like let's, let's not put something up that's, that's, poorly written or or you know let's not put up a photograph that um is is shot poorly or or you know like yeah yeah do it with excellence and 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 make it helpful to people okay that's a great message definitely um so i know another main fear that a lot of people have is effective communicating and like public speaking and so you're you're obviously a pastor and you do a lot of the speaking and stuff i mean like I still get nervous, like, at the start of some podcast episodes and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But, I mean, like, how do you become an effective speaker and communicator? I think it's just practice. I mean, I think I think that first you've got to be comfortable in your own skin. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. for a lot of years, like, I would get up on the stage, you know, when I was leading youth ministry or leading worship or, you know, doing the different things that I did. I would get up on the stage and it would be like, okay, I've got to be really great at doing this, so I'm going to look at what someone else is doing. You know, like, I'm going to go find someone who's famous on Instagram or find someone who, you know, has a DVD out or something, you know, like, and I'm yeah. going to just do what they do. And so I'm going to try to be like somebody else. And that never works. Like, that's <laughs> always a terrible, terrible approach because yeah. inauthenticity reeks, yeah. right? Like, you can tell it from a mile away. Yep. And so I think that you've got to be comfortable in your own skin. And, and to be honest with you, I still battle with that. Like, I get up on the stage sometimes and I think, man, does anyone care about what I have to say, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I'll, I'll get up on the stage and, and honestly have to be like, listen, I, I have to tell myself, I would not be on this stage if God did not put me here. And if God put me here... He thought that I would do a good job here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't put me somewhere where I was destined to fail. So I'm just gonna go forth in confidence, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do it the best way that I can. Right, right. And here I am. Here's Jason. I got <laughs> nothing to hide. I am who I am. Yeah, I remember my first time. I I had to give a testimony in my church, and I I had I had like this whole like thing typed up, and I was ready to speak, and I was speaking. I didn't look up one time. And I actually, I actually was like reading a sentence and I said the word comma because there was a comma on the paper. I was like, oh my goodness. I felt so dumb after doing that. But I mean, that, that's how you grow and learn. That's how you grow and learn. So I'm glad I did it. But And about a year or two ago, maybe a year and a half, yeah. I um, made the decisions not to use notes anymore. Okay. So my goal is that I know what I want to say before I get up there so clearly that I don't need notes because it's in my heart, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I bet it comes out a lot better than too, because you're not trying to memorize a piece of paper. You're just speaking from the heart. So that's right. Yeah. And I want to know what I have plans to say. Yeah. You don't want to sound but if monotonous. I have internalized it. I'm a lot more confident with it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people have temptations. I mean, everyone has temptations every day. But how can people learn to break away from temptations? Because in my life, like, I'll make goals for myself. Like, all right, I'm not eating any junk food today whatsoever. <laughs> and then I see, like, one blueberry muffin. Like, all right, I'm just going to have that one muffin. And then, like, yeah. I'll, I'll break my goal just like that just because of that one temptation. Um, so how can people learn to break away from their temptations? That's a good question. Um, listen, I believe that the more that you know how good God is, and the more that you know that his plan for you is really for your good, the more you fall in love with who he is, and the less you have an appetite and a desire for lesser things. Yeah. So get to know Jesus, and I think that he will change your desires. Okay. I think that when it comes to the blueberry muffin, I probably yes. don't have a lot of good advice because I also love blueberry muffins. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah they are good. <laughs> no, when you know who Jesus is and you have a clear sense of like his calling on your life, I think that that's really the only way that you can have the guts to say no to things that you want in a moment. Yeah. But really it's not about saying no. It's about saying yes to what you want ultimately. Okay. You know, and sometimes you have to say no to what you want now so that you can say yes to what you really want. Yeah. And you know, ultimately. And so. in a way, that's basically measuring like your, your risk and reward. Like, all right, so if I do this, what's going to happen? Like you got to think of the consequences in the future. And if, yeah. and if it means that much to you, then you'll, you'll, you'll turn away from it and you won't do that temptation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, if you have a clear sense of what's possible and what you're going for, yeah. then you'll make sacrifices in order to get there. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I know that you are pretty successful in what you do. I know a lot of people want to reach that successful point in their life. So what is your execution? Like, what do you do to ensure that your plan becomes a reality? That's a good question. I think that probably there's a number of different ways I could go with that question. Yeah. I think that for me, um, you know, my dream is to build a church that really brings life to people and really reaches our generation with the hope of Jesus. The okay. only way I can do that for me is to have a very, very strong sense of vision about what's possible and where we're going. Yeah. And then have a team of people around me who are good at what they're good at, not, you know, and yeah. can compensate for the things I'm not good at. Yeah. And a, a team around me who really also believe in that vision with all of their heart, you know? Yes. Yeah, so, so you don't try yeah. to do it all on your own. Well, I can't, you know, yeah. like my vision is too big for me to be able to do it on my own. Okay. And, you know, we've got, basically we've got three locations, um, in the Pittsburgh area. We are launching a location in the Philadelphia area right now. So it's just not physically possible for me to do it all. But yeah. also if we really, you know, want to love people well and pastor people well and care for people well, like that's – we need a team because I, I personally can't do that for everybody. Yeah, and I think that's another good point because I know a lot of people, they're like, all right, I'm going to start this business. I'm going to learn how to do it all on my own and I'm going to do it all by myself. But like you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like you have other people around you that are trying to do what you can do and they want to help you. Like you guys can help each other. Yeah, yeah I mean team – yeah, the only way that you're really going to be able to go to good heights is by having a good team around you. Yeah. 
Yeah, Definitely. for sure. So before we run out of time here, is there anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, to everybody listening, that God's got a really good plan for your life. That God loves you more than you could possibly fathom. And that if you trust him, he'll take you to places that are beyond your wildest expectation. Yep. And so get to know who Jesus is because he is really good and he really, really, really loves you and has a great plan for your life. Definitely. Yeah. All right. There you have it, guys. Jason Howard, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks, dude. Appreciate it. No way that we go is a one-way street. Nothing that we love is a one-day key. And if we gon' do it, we gon' do this now. And if we say we gonna, we gon' hold this down. No way that we go is a one-way street. Nothing that we love is a one-day key. And if we gon' do it, we gon' do this now. And if we say we gonna, we gon' hold this.